Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week, Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm, I'm your host, Adam, and today we've got a recording that uh, Emma and I uh, did a couple of days ago now, last Friday night, um, about the future of football and sort of how football is coping with the COVID 19 crisis. Um, some of it might be a little bit dated now because for a man who has nothing to do and nowhere to go, I found an awful lot of reasons not to record and edit, to record this intro and edit this podcast. So, um, listen to our ramblings and thoughts as we go through all sorts of situations, stipulations and uh, take a guess at when football might be back for us to talk normally about matches that we have no idea how to predict or when what that football will look like even and who knows. So um, I'm just going to cut and paste a conversation in now so all of a sudden you're going to hear some ramblings from Emma and I, so enjoy. Um, What's going on? I never did read up what's going on in Barcelona football style, football wise. Oh my God. Um, well, last week, six of our directors quit because the president is allegedly, well, one of the, the former vice president quit and he said that, um, that the president has been taking money from the club. Okay. Uh yes, that's not a good look. Um, no. There was this, this, there was this big scandal a few months ago that he was paying um, some Russian company who supply internet bots to badmouth the presidential candidate, former players, and the current players to make it him wasn't, look good. Yeah, wasn't there, I remember reading about this now? Wasn't there a thing about? Even some of them going after Messi or something like that. Yes. Which is, uh, it was an odd look. It's not a good look, is it? Um, yeah, and apparently the payment to that company was split over, like, um, some offshore accounts or something, and they were much more than they should have been for the services that that company provided. Ah, uh, so he was skimming off the top? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I love I love the fact that it's not even skimming off the top of normal services. It's like I'm going to do something bad and I'm going to steal money at the same time. You might as well, haven't you? Yeah, but just at least do the skimming off like a good thing and do do two different things. Don't 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 because <laughs> you don't want you don't want this huge payment for people to draw attention to. Go, who's this huge payment? Oh, that's just when I was just getting uh, fake people on the internet to slag off Messi. <laughs> Go after, surely go after like Ratatich. Go after people who are unpopular. Oh, people will do that for free. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently also, 
the directors weren't happy with everything and they wanted him to call early elections, which are scheduled for next year. They wanted them to bring them forward to this year. And he said that he would if there was enough support for it. There was enough support for it. And then he said he wouldn't do that. It doesn't matter because he can't stand for re-election. His term is over. Do they have term limits now? They do, yeah. How many term limits do they, are they allowed to, set, is it like a two term limit or something? Yeah, it's two terms. It's like being American president. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's all funny games. Apparently so, they're going to be in quite bad financial trouble as well. Really? So that was the first, that, that was the first thing we could t- talk about I saw was that, because the, cause the Barca players have taken a 72% pay cut, right? Yes. So the thing I read was a 70%, but that is a month-to-month pay, because I got really confused by all the different stuff going on in Spain, because mm-hmm. the Barca players, I believe, have taken a 72% pay cut going forward, month-to-month, yes. and 70% is a straight-up pay cut, and 2% is to make sure the non-playing staff get paid in full. Yeah. Uh, the thing I saw about Atletico was that they were taking a, I can't remember, it was something like a 9 or an 18% pay cut, but on their full year salary, and the amount will depend on whether the season starts again or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how they've structured this. It doesn't really make any sense. So from what I understand from talking, because I, I got confused about it because of the way I thought, by the way, that um, when I saw Sidlow tweet about it and I tweeted him back because he was tweeting going, oh, the, the non-playing staff are taking a 30% pay cut um, on their monthly wage and the Atlético players are taking a, a, a 9% pay cut. I was like, how's that working out? How, how are they taking the small? And he was like, yeah, but theirs is on their full salary. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, right, okay. Yeah, so our non-playing staff are on the equivalent of what they've done in England with the, you know, furloughing staff. Yeah. Because there was a government scheme that they'll pay for some of it or whatever. So we've furloughed a lot of the non-playing staff. Um, that was because. God, because this is peak Barcelona. There was controversy about that too. Um <laughs> Because the players were always going to take this pay cut, right? Yeah. It was always going to happen. Because uh, they wanted to do it. They were organising it themselves, if just in case the, you know, the club didn't ask them to. Uh, but the, <laughs> somebody at the club uh, issued a statement saying that the players were making it difficult and they didn't want to take a pay cut. Right. I suppose, so you, they have a, you've got... A, this is what you have, the, again, the first big difference between what's going on in Spain and what's going on in England is that obviously with, like, with especially the big teams, like, these are, these are clubs, right? These are full-on clubs. This isn't, like, uh, people complaining about Liverpool and Spurs when they tried to furlough players here. It was like, oh, this is just, these clubs are owned by billionaires. There's no billionaire that owns Real Madrid or Barcelona. Right. Uh, so, it's owned by the fans, effectively. Yeah, so that's a different. Uh, that's a f- the first difference, right? But wasn't I? I, I remember reading something about 
there was a kind of self. I can see the self interest in some of the in the players here, but they were like, we understand we need to take a pay cut for the club to survive, like you said. But why would we take a pay cut if it means like there's taking a pay cut for you to survive, and there's taking a pay cut so you have 150 million euros to go and buy Mbappe in the summer and. <laughs> Like, yeah. If if I'm if I'm Dem, if I'm Dembele, why am I going to take a pay cut so you can buy someone to replace me? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they made it very clear that their pay cut had to go towards the non-playing staff. Yeah. Because I don't think they want to be paying the directors' wages either. No, and that was well, <laughs> that's what I liked a lot about about here was um. I, I personally didn't really see the big... I was the one defending Liverpool when they went and tried to furlough all their players because uh, it's a government... In England, it's a government scheme built for companies who've had who had huge effect on their revenue, just like football clubs have, because they don't have any fans going to their stadiums mm-hmm. and who otherwise would have to sack employees. And the whole point is it's about trying to maintain jobs through this period to be able to come out of it. Uh, I kind of felt that Liverpool uh, and Tottenham and any other person, like kind of like the the government didn't put any restrictions on it. If you're eligible to use it, go go ahead and use it, personally. Um, Yeah. But... Then there was all this call for players to take take pay cuts, and I was kind of just pointing out to some people. People were like, "What are they taking a pay cut for?" Like, I I kind of like, yes, we want them to. They need to take a thirty percent pay cut, but if they take a thirty percent pay cut, that's just thirty percent that's going in uh, John Henry's wallet instead of into um, John Henderson's, for example, or someone else like that. Like. If you're asking them to donate a portion of their their wages to charity, that's different. But and also pointed out to some people on the internet how quickly that you cause them this huge fuss about them furloughing players, at, furloughing people at two and a half grand a month here. But if a, a footballer on a hundred grand a week takes a a twenty percent pay cut, the treasury loses seven grand in tax. Like we're better off paying them full full whack and furloughing people. But People make very emotional decisions instead of logical ones at this point. <laughs> I can play devil's advocate a bit for Liverpool because uh, the the what are they the FSG or something? Yeah. Who owns them? Um, they have a baseball team too, right? Yeah, the Red Sox. Who yeah. Who are also not playing at the moment, so they're not making any money technically at the moment are they because they're a sports owning group yeah and baseball is a very expensive sport by all accounts because they sign contracts that um that are like hundreds of millions of dollars like a, a season don't they or something they, they sign they definitely sign big contracts I, i'm they're definitely a lot of money yeah so i can okay. i can play devil's advocate for them in that sense um but for spurs i don't know if i really can that feels oddly personal <laughs> <laughs> I'm really do, you feel, 
<laughs> yeah, I just, I just not a big Spurs fan. <laughs> I do feel sorry for Bournemouth though because they got kind of shamed into reversing. That's that's the thing. I don't understand where the where uh, that's why I don't. Understand. The government haven't put a restriction on it. So where does this moral line sort of come in? Like if you're Burnley or you're Bournemouth or you're I don't know even a lower league. Where where's the limit where we'll accept? these clubs following players or following staff, but you can't do it. I don't... Uh, what, I, I mean, I can't even... Bournemouth, their ground's pretty tiny, isn't it? And their operating costs, there must be such fine margins in it, which they must make most of their money through match day sales and stuff. And they're not getting that. And... There's such a big difference between what they run at and what Spurs run at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I read. I was reading a thread about um, by the Swiss Rambler about uh, the sort of Premier League economics going forward, and I think it's something like sixty percent of the of all revenue in the Premier, or sixty or seventy percent of all revenue in the Premier League is taken up by the big six clubs. So. Money is not dis- money. All things are not equal in the in the Premier League, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a is it is there as big a concern about sort of uh, about the smaller teams in Spain as there is in England? Uh, I don't know about I don't know enough about the the TV deals and stuff, but I do know that whenever you see sort of. Uh, the, I think there's a bit more of a disparity in budget, right? In uh, oh yeah, in, in the smaller teams in in Spain than there is in England, where I, I imagine Bournemouth's wage budget on players is still pretty meaty. Whereas when you hear about Ibar playing Barcelona, it's always something crazy like their wage budget's like half a million pounds, like an eighteenth of whatever or something like that. Something crazy small percentage. So. Does that put them in a better position or are they more reliant on match-going money? Uh, well, our TV money is definitely not distributed equally. Real Madrid and Barcelona get like 50% of it and then that's the rest is trickled down. Be, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry? That's better than it used to be, that, which sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a bit better than it used to be, but it's it used not to, much better. Didn't they used to sign, uh, am I right thinking they used to sign their own agreements? Yeah, so, we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not just the smaller teams, actually. Apparently, I read today that Atletico Madrid might be in big financial trouble uh, when things come back because they were talking about having to sell some of their players just to keep the club the club afloat. So if that's affecting Atletico Madrid, who are, what, sixth in the league right now and a pretty big club, Imagine what that's doing to, say, for instance, Leganes, who are at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is not ideal. Um, A lot of clubs are going to go out of business, I think. 
You think? Yeah, I think so. Especially in Segunda. Maybe not in the in in La Liga, but certainly lower down, a lot of clubs will go bust. Mm. I didn't like someone like Atletico. Like Atletico might have the benefit of like of being too big, almost too big to fail, right? That 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 old saying. But there is always that saying that if you if you own the if you own the bank a million pounds, you've got a problem. If you own the bank if you own the bank of a hundred million pounds, the bank's got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, there was talk this week of freezing the league as it is and just for this season and calling it done. And Atletico Madrid would not qualify for the Champions League. So so that is the, the sort of the next sort of big issue that football has again, right, is how how do we get to an end oh well, an end and a start point, like you said. So there was talk today the same, of exactly the same principle potentially being applied in England when the Premier League clubs had a meeting, but I think their meeting still concluded with them ideally looking to end the season in full. Um, I don't think that's possible. No? No, because you're assuming they're assuming that they're going to start the new season in August, right? That's not going to happen either. No. It's not it's not practical. And the they're saying in Spain that the games might theoretically they could start in September, but there will be no fans present until at least November next year. November next year? Wow. And so that, if we were that, thinking about that, like, what, how how does any club survive without a full ground? Like, what do you do? Can you try and, like, do the social distancing thing inside the ground and kind of sell every fourth or fifth seat? I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you could, if right? If you've got a season ticket, how's that going to work? I don't think, in this country, I don't, because imagine sort of like the... the well, just the way ground, the grounds aren't built for it, are they? They're not. No. The the whole the sort of fire regulations, the turnstiles, the very especially the older grounds. They don't don't have the space to even even have a, a fourth of the. When you go to Crystal Palace away, you are not not standing right next to anyone. Like you are crammed in until you get to your mm-hmm. seat. Even a fourth of the of the people would still be too close. Um, yeah, when I remember when I went to see Barcelona play Liverpool and we went to Anfield and just the space around the ground is non-existent because it's in a residential area. Yeah, you're basically walking up amongst houses and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not it, that's that's not feasible. What I would say in terms of where you this is where the Premier League might have a small advantage if they were to go down that limit. Is that they could they could move to show every game on TV, so you could potentially get additional television revenue, perhaps. 
Okay, yeah, that makes sense for them, I guess. Because I suppose if it's happening, it may as well be happening in some in some means. Even if you're selling it, even if clubs are selling it like a stream on their website or something, uh, almost in, in lieu of a match-going ticket or something like that. If you were a footballer, though, would you want to take the chance of playing when you could theoretically pick, still pick up the virus, take it back to your family, infect more people? <laughs> because they're, 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 taking, they're still taking a risk with their health. They are, yeah. Yeah. So when I was kind of myself trying to brainstorm a little like not even a way out of this but a way to even a way to maybe finish the season in my head I was kind of thinking you you could they could all go away and do a sort of uh like being sort of like a camp and almost like a almost like in a tournament where they uh-huh. have clubs have hotels you could have them quite close to each other you could play a neutral venue so you don't have fans conjugating outside um and kind of just try and knock the games out. And I was like, could you sort of realistically, you, a bit of an issue in this country, considering how we can't test key workers, or never mind footballers, but could you test everyone in the morning, everyone who's going to be in the stadium, kind of make and have results back by the time you play that game to make sure you've got a safe environment? Mm-hmm. Could everybody play masks? <laughs> Again, we don't have enough PPE in this country either. <laughs> Both of those answers are irresponsible in, in England. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see how the season can restart. And I don't I don't see how it's gonna be possible to I don't think it's even gonna be possible to play Euro twenty twenty next year. So Euro twenty twenty one is in danger, you're saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think, I think that's just going to have to be scrapped. I, I don't see how it can go ahead. I mean, if they, if they freeze the season now and in England make Liverpool champions and the, who's bottom three, Norwich. <laughs> I've not looked at the table in so long, Emma. I, I don't, I don't even want to, pretend, I don't even Okay, whoever's the bottom three that they get relegated, is that fair? Considering Liverpool aren't mathematically champions and none of those three teams are mathematically relegated. I see the, I see what you're trying to appeal to me here, Emma. And I understand <laughs> what you're going for. It was with, subtle, wasn't it? <laughs> with that, I've almost come to the conclusion it might be funnier if they were awarded the title, but it was kind of illegitimate. So it always like got an asterisk next to it. Yeah, so they could always, they'd always <laughs> so they'd forever be claiming that they won the title, and everyone else would be going, "Yeah, but." <laughs> that would be funny. I do think that that the more I think about it, the more that's the funnier answer. So at the moment, looking at the table, the biggest problem you've got here, and I'll tell you in the Premier League, mm-hmm. is so the bottom three is currently Norwich, Aston Villa, and Bournemouth. Okay. However, um, Aston Villa, sorry, are two points off safety and have a game in hand. (laughs) Yeah, so 
they have the legitimate complaint? So in England, if you were to do that, I think that you also have to scrap the 29th game that all these teams get. Everyone has to be level on games, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't relegate Aston Villa with a game in hand. No, you can't. Um, I see what you're saying. These things aren't fair. But is are we ever going to get to a fair solution? No, because the, I think the, the two options are freeze it and say it's done, call it a day, or oh, they boy. don't count it at all and the season didn't happen. They're the options, right? There's, there's no middle ground. I just don't see how they can... Because they keep like putting arbitrary dates on it, like we've got to finish it by the end of June or whatever. And like, well, that's not going to happen, is it? Yes. So at the moment, the Premier League still has that date of the 30th of June. And that, that reason, that date is obviously there because you have... You then move on to the next problem. Players being out of contract. Yep. Um, I was talking to my friend about this last weekend. Uh, last weekend, um, and he's a lawyer, and a, um, a, a very a friend of his who he trained with, who's now uh, a sort of a mutual friend, works in a uh, is a lawyer for a sporting agency, and he's just I think they're running around with their hair on fire. <laughs> because. There's no solution, easy, easy solution to that problem either, um, because realistically, you could FIFA could move the registration window, mm-hmm. which makes sense. So you can't register for another club, or you could have a pre-registration window where you register for another club, but you don't. But if you if you think about this, if you go back a season and you and we say this is happening, and you're you're Aaron Ramsey. Why would you, you get to the 30th of June, why would you agree to do anything for Arsenal when you're getting a huge pay increase to go and play for Juve? Mm-hmm. I know that William has come out and said that he will, if the season continues, he'll honour the fixtures for Chelsea, despite the fact that his contract will ex- expire by then. But not every player is going to do that. And it's difficult, no. to, it's difficult to legislate slate for players. And some players will have sort of Aaron Ramsey-esque moves, right? Big moves where they're making big money. And the this is a bigger problem the lower down you go, where pl- players are less likely to have three- or four-year contracts in the lower leagues, but could potentially move up leagues and make more, uh, more money. So the, the disparity for them is bigger. Mm-hmm. The number of players going out of contract is bigger. Um, and... It's not even if even if the FA or, or FIFA tried to rule legally, that wouldn't stand up to a single challenge because it's written on paper. <laughs> My contract expires on the thirtieth of June. There's 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 no grey area there. Yeah, I saw um, a quote from a guy who's playing in one of the low leagues in England saying, "Well, he either extends his contract or he doesn't have a job." I suppose that's the other side of it. Um, if think, you're not on Aaron Ramsey-esque money. 
I suppose maybe the solution, right, is to have that sort of pre-registration window. So at the 30th of June, you can sign a new contract. If you're William, for example, say you can sign a, a contract to join Juve, um, but you carry on playing for Chelsea until the fixtures are, are fulfilled, if, if it was to be fulfilled at that point. But there would have to be some sort of, probably at a FIFA level, because these are international transfers, sort of some sort of insurance or injury guarantee. So Juve or another team could be happy to release a player to go and play, knowing that if they turn up, if they turn up to actually start the season for them in January, whenever that's going to be, and they turn up with a broken leg, having played for Chelsea, but they're not on the hook for. Months and months yeah. away, especially it's at going to be some sort of compensation or something. Yeah, that that's a tricky one. I can't believe that none of these clubs or the UEFA or FIFA didn't have pandemic insurance. No, they don't. Yeah, because Wimbledon, the the tennis club, not the football club, yeah. had pandemic insurance. They bought it 17 years ago. And because it's not going ahead this year, they're getting a 100 million plus payout. Is that why Wimbledon's the only um, the only Grand Slam to have acted in an honourable fashion? Yes, they're the only <laughs> ones who had insurance. Because I suppose the, um, the US Open's still far enough away that you could kind of excuse them trying to play... <laughs> And be like, we haven't got a plan yet. But didn't the French Open try and move, move themselves to about two weeks before the US Open? No, they scheduled it for the week after the the US Open. Oh, wow. Um, which is also the same um, the same week that the Labour Cup was supposed to be on. Okay, so it's nice to see that. Uh, tennis has just warring factions as well <laughs> yeah it does but it, it is kind of surprising that nobody um had the idea to have that kind of insurance policy either you'd think that Manchester United would have had one right you would wouldn't you maybe I, I don't know maybe some of them do and they're just not bragging about it <laughs> Is that why, you know, do you think Daniel Levy's got one? Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely not. There's no, way. <laughs> There's no way that he's got insurance for anything that he doesn't <laughs> legally need it for. <laughs> you know that that man, that man probably drives like a Rolls Royce but has like third party fire and theft insurance in his car. <laughs> Um, so so what we're saying is we don't know when football's going to start again we don't know how football's going to start again yeah I just don't <laughs> so, so that's something to, something, something to pick out so uh, I read something uh, an op-ed from a, a Leeds United fan mm-hmm. the other day that was saying like I wouldn't care if Leeds United got promoted. If I wasn't in the stadium to be able to celebrate it, it would be meaningless. And I just thought, oh, 
say, you, the arrogance of match day going fans is coming out here to, to play massively. But as, as someone who is a, a, a match day going fan, but also mm-hmm. has over the last week self admitted that you're really starting to miss football. <laughs> yeah. Which of those factors would pull at you more? Would you would you rather football came back quicker behind closed doors, or would you, would you rather always football behind closed doors meaningless as these fans like to pretend that they mean they say? I mean, you can still watch it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it it is what is the point of it without being there without anybody being there whether you're able to go or not if you you know yeah i i i understand i do as much as i don't as with deriving them the uh the guy i do understand the idea but i just think that when you're sat sat there going with everyone going like we know this isn't forever this isn't the the future of football is not stadiums of empty fans because we've seen from and one of the things that's attributed to the success of the Premier League is that worldwide is that when you watch a Premier League game stadiums are full and there's well, there's not much out there that stadiums are full at least and, <laughs> I, yeah. and I know that that's I know from listening to uh to the to Sid Lowe's Spanish football podcast and other ones that now, this is something that other football, other football authorities have factored in, and I know that they've made big, big pushes in some of the stadiums in Spain where clubs don't sell out their ground, for example, to mm-hmm. intentionally seat fans in areas where the camera is going to be on them most of the time to make stadiums appear fuller yes. than they are. That does happen. Yeah, we're fine. Just that's just p- good presentation. But everyone knows that every, we've all watched a game behind closed doors and been sort of eerily freaked out by it. Like whether that's the the Barcelona game that was played behind closed doors on the Catalan re- referendum day, or uh-huh. England or the game, last England, round of Champions League matches. Yeah, or England games played because someone was racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is eerie, right? It does. Ha- it does have a a different feel to it and a different yeah it's weird a sense of occasion doesn't it yeah there is it's because it's like watching training yeah because i suppose the part of the occasion is when you're watching a game at camp new the occasion is also the 90 odd thousand people who've turned up to watch this Mm -hmm. yeah they help yeah um but but there has to be something if you think how how long has football been off for now? Like six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. How and how far away are we from even them being able to play be, be able to play behind closed doors? For me, there there reaches a point where just I just want some football. <laughs> <laughs> you would be happy to have a Burnley versus Watford Super Sunday behind closed doors. Oh, absolutely. And there was a joke on football. You're, you're not far off another joke that they made on Football Weekly weeks ago now, which was um, I think Jonathan Lou made saying that if they put 10 minutes 
of Brighton versus um, of uh, Brighton versus Burnley on TV, it will be the highest watched program in national history. <laughs> and I can't argue with that because <laughs> I think I'd watch it. Just think of all those those games that you took for granted. Yeah, the ones I didn't watch. When you, when you could have been watching Southampton versus Aston Villa. The times I complained, going, oh, is this really Super Sunday? <laughs> All those rubbish nil-nil draws between Manchester United and Liverpool that they give the big build-up. <laughs> Just for one of those now. Yeah, they started re-showing, Sky have started re-showing Premier Le- um, classic Premier League games recently. Are they doing anything similar in Spain? Yes, there's. I think there's been a classic game on every day <laughs> since before starts. But and I imagine it's probably rating quite well. Yeah, uh, it's probably the only thing that anybody watches. <laughs> that and the news, I guess. I've given up on the news because it's just. Uh, it makes you angry. It's it's anxiety inducing. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, I, I, I miss it. I do miss it. And so you're saying you take you take watching it on TV? Yeah, I think I probably would at this point. There's not even any sport. I'd even watch Formula One at this point. <laughs> <laughs> See, I quite like Formula One, but that does feel like that was meant as a diss. <laughs> How can you like it? It's just people going around in circles. I kind of, I kind Driving of admi- a computer. I kind of admire it from a technical perspective. Um, but is is Lewis Hamilton really skilled, or is it the computer in his car that's driving him around? Uh, we're, we're going off track here. <laughs> that's how desperate we are for sport. <laughs> So in that case, you in that case you could watch they um they've been putting on uh virtual Formula One races um on TV. I haven't watched them yet. On TV? Yeah, I think it's been on TV. Um where like celebrities or <laughs> other sports people have been driving with and some with some of the Formula One car drivers. But it's not just like it's a it's like advanced pl- so it's like, like on a PlayStation. It's it's like more than a PlayStation. It's like those those um, arcade rides you go on where you get to sit in the seat and like ah, okay. they have like proper simulators um, to do it in. I've not watched any of them, but that's on. So if you're that desperate, that's available. <laughs> I haven't quite been desperate enough to watch esports yet. No, there's a whole thing about that going on about that as well. Where, Andre Gomez is Everton's um, FIFA 20 representative in some sort of esports thing, but that I'm not interested in. But it's still sport. <laughs> you very quickly played Devil's Advocate there, from I'm not interested in esports. <laughs> yeah, it's still sport. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but you could tell I didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Andre Gomez. He's he's incredible, but I have no desire to watch him playing FIFA. <laughs> I don't understand what you watch. Like, do you watch them play, or do you just see the screen? Like, do they have cameras <laughs> on them? 
Yeah, are we watching Andre Gomez like in his pants on <laughs> sofa? You 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 know full well that he's gonna be there in full Everton regalia, like Everton tracksuit bottoms, Everton training top. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if he wasn't. Turns up in one of those, you know, those those zip up jackets they warm up in at the t- to do like the national anthem. Takes off his anthem jacket. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if he didn't have boots and shin pads on. Yeah, John Terry's there with shin pads on. Because <laughs> they're not doing it right if they're not dressed like that. No, that's a good point. They should, yeah, there should be a real struggle. Just every, <laughs> every once in a while, sort of sprayed in the face with a, a Lucas A bottle. Does uh, does Carlo Ancelotti like phone him up or something just to shout instructions at him? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, these are all things. We, I think we might be improving esports right now. <laughs> we could, yeah, we could, if you're listening, to esports, we need some money. <laughs> Got some suggestions. <laughs> we want player cam. So we're talking about, so we're going to have football behind closed doors, but we don't know what the football's going to be yet because we think there's not going to be a, so there's not going to be a 2020 season. <laughs> Probably not. I'm sorry, I mean, you've really rocked me by this, this. No one's ever told me before that football wasn't going to start again until next November. Well, if you think, I mean, it's not too outlandish, is it? No. Especially in England. If you think about what, there are like 900 people dying every day still. Yes. Yes, there are. Yeah, and the lockdown's been extended for what, another three weeks? Yeah. Um, So that takes you into May? Yeah, I believe it's the 7th of May. Okay. So then it's probably going to theoretically get... I've got zero... There's going to be more lockdown, right? Yeah. And then you have to try and get certain sectors of the country back working. And then <laughs> you have to make sure that there's not going to be a second wave of deaths and disease spreading. So this is kind of where I got, under, I, I kind of probably kidded myself and was under the illusion that sort of like, if we get to, say, the end of May, and then they're still, we're still locked down, they've maybe come up with some solution or there's some way of trying to end that at least. At that point, do they not try and put football on to boost morale? <laughs> That's what I was telling myself. It'd be, be like, yeah. you think there's going to be there's problems and there's there's no football. Man. They're about to run out of episodes of Coronation Street. Oh my God, national they've, crisis. They've gone down to Coronation Street is now only on once a week. What will people do? There'll and be riots. Riots. <laughs> <laughs> what are footballers doing right now, though? Are they keeping themselves fit? Uh. I'm not sure if they are anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they are, but when because, it's happened, when, if football has to come back at short notice, oh, no one's going to be ready. It's going to be excellent because there's going to be 
There's going to be some fat footballers. <laughs> There's going to be like 10 injuries every match. People yeah. are going to get run out of substitutes. They're, they're going to get abandoned because people have to go off. Uh, one of the things that there's so much non that like this is the peak time now for like nonsense paper talk because you can just make anything up and you know, people will read it because mm-hmm. people are desperate but there was something going on saying that there was a suggestion that Premier League clubs were um had appealed to I assume the FA that when the season restarts that they that it would be allowed five substitutes for that very reason I mean, that's not unreasonable, is it? Is it? But like, it's a small modification to help if it helps get football back quicker, right? Yeah. And weren't they talking about playing like loads of matches in like a really short space of time? Like that, teams were going to play every two days or something. That was the the championship said that they could finish the season in fifty nine days. Um, At what cost? <laughs> People are going to die. Um, and I think like that not of coronavirus, but like <laughs> heart attacks. I think that was um, that was playing every sort of two or three days, and that's where you. So that's number. So if you can go back, kind of going back. So you were saying like the options for the season that's in progress. This is where I think you immediately are able to rule out voiding the season. Some, there has to be some sort of result because I think that any sort of voiding of the season is far too um, susceptible to legal challenges from... If you're Leeds United... Yeah. And you're just about to get promoted and get a 120 million yep. payday and finally be promoted after 20 years or whatever it is back to the Premier League, you're going to appeal that. There's going to be legal challenges. You can't just say... Oh, sorry, Leeds, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. It's not fair. So, and I think that feels more unfair than any other sort of part solution to me. I don't, I don't know about you, but I can, I, as, as much as I love the idea of avoiding the season, <laughs> for so many obvious reasons, <laughs> I can immediately rule it out as it's just not viable. Yeah, it's it's it'd be harsh, wouldn't it? It would be harsh. And how would you go about starting the next season if you've just avoided everything that happened? So you're just going with the same teams that were supposed to start the 2019-2020 season. Also, in England, one of those teams has gone bankrupt. So there's, <laughs> there's yeah. only 91 of the 92 teams that we started with. So so did they get a second go? <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody just get three points for that fixture? Like, you can't promote a team from below, right? You can't bring, like... No. Uh, so how do you fix that? How do you fill that void? I I mean, that's, that's why that solution doesn't work. It's, it'd be like the NFL where you have bye week. <laughs> a bye week and three points. Yeah. I, I think they've already had to have, they've obviously already had that a little bit because 
Barry did play some of their games at the beginning of the season, so then there was already a slight problem. Um, it's freezing the season fair, though, as well, because Leeds could theoretically still do a Leeds and not get promoted. They can still Ross. Ross is still very prepared, fully prepared for the idea. I know he is, as he should be. <laughs> History <laughs> believe, has taught him well. I, I believe he's got large amounts of money wagered on it happening, um, <laughs> based on the idea that he wins either way. Um, but you're right, Leeds could still fuck it up um, in the same way that any of those teams in the bottom three could still go on a run and get above it. Like, Bournemouth, uh, I talked about Villa being being bottom on, uh, but with a game in hand. Bournemouth are bottom on goal difference with two other teams. Yeah, that's that's nothing. <laughs> Especially when you take into account that you haven't played everyone yet. So if, if Bournemouth have played Liverpool and Man City and taken some beatings, and they're going to go down, they're one goal difference with Watford looking at it. And what would that mean for their business is there still like a huge parachute payment we do still have the parachute payment we do like the parachute payments Mm -hmm. but that's still a thing that is still a thing yeah okay so So, it might not be that bad for them so that does tell you that there's sort of a and i suppose as much as i said like there'll be legal challenges from Leeds, you'd imagine that there'll be legal challenges from bournemouth and aston villa and Norwich at this point, right? So, do you think there'll come a point where they'll say, "Well, just to get football back, that will have a bigger Premier League"? Like they'll put the teams, the oh, top like. two teams from the Championship, into the Premier League for that season, and then relegate five teams or whatever, which would make it. And I suppose you could relegate either five or you could relegate four for the next two seasons to go back to yeah. 20. Is that is that even possible? Well, I suppose... Is it fair? I suppose anything's possible, right? And like you kind of have... Maybe you have to take... Uh, maybe you have to take any... Of, or you have to go to that solution where everything's... Nothing can be taken off the table because we're in we're in completely uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. So we can't like, oh well, the Premier League used to be twenty four teams to begin with anyway. It's been that big before. Why can't it be that big again? Um, the Championship's already too big as it is. Maybe it never needs to go back, and they can just carry on. And the the football pyramid in England is mental, as we've talked about before. Anyway, there's far too many professional teams. Yeah, and I don't know why the low leagues aren't regionalized. Yeah, like in Spain, it makes no sense. Yeah, that's what I I uh, I think we said before. I if it was me, I'd combine League One and League Two and make them a North and South League. But hey, um, that is maybe a more elegant solution to the problem, right? And I, you, the Premier League would like it. They could sell more games, more TV games. Maybe it's a solution. Also, because of that, maybe they could offset some of that with Sky and BT and offer them and the international broadcasters, I suppose, and say, right, sorry, last season got cancelled, but there's more games this season, have them for free. Mm-hmm. Please don't ask for the money back from last time, we've already spent it. 
would they be inclined maybe to put some live games on free-to-air television in England, like put it on the BBC or something? Because there's going to be a lot of games played under, you know, a short space of time. I think that's why I think the I think if games are played behind closed doors, there mm-hmm. will be a move to put games on free-to-air TV. Whether that is, my guess would be that that would be probably Sky and BT would want to do that themselves, but make them free and sell adverts as opposed to give them to the BBC. Yeah. But I do think there has there has to be something right. I, I I can't see a solution where games are being played behind closed doors and the only access anyone's got to them is 10 minutes on match of the day. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look, is it? That really isn't a solution to your complaint about the all of a sudden I'm with the Leeds fan there if that's the sort of complaint that they want to have. <laughs> yeah. Um well I read a thing um I think it was probably last month, uh, which was UEFA saying that they want to um, finish the Champions League and the Europa League by holding like a mini tournament over a weekend with the teams that are still left in the competition. Ah, uh, yeah, yes, I remember. Is this the one where they still wanted to do it in Turkey and now Turkey's in the middle of a full blown <laughs> Yeah. Epidemic? I'm not sure I'd be doing it there. No. But some of the more crazy ideas, again, in the sort of, you can write anything and people will read it. Some of the more crazy ideas were this sort of camp idea that I was suggesting, but in foreign countries, one of which being China, because China's on the way down. So they're like, one of the safe places, <laughs> go where it's not there anymore. I kind of like that idea of, like, if they could theoretically do it. But that's a hard sell, right, to players? Huge, yeah, huge. I'm still interested, um, you said, I'm interested to see what sort of shape they came back in, because when they first broke up, there was all those videos. I remember there was the one of Sergio Ramos looking like he was about to break his treadmill he was running so fast. <laughs> um, and the one of um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain dancing up some marble stairs in socks, which just looked like an injury waiting to happen. Especially for him, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> If I, yeah, I'm not must have seen that. I've been like, just turned up with some slippers for him and just been like, there he is at all times. Just sent people around to carpet his slippers. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Like marble everywhere? <laughs> just dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine, you know. What shape do you reckon Wayne Rooney's in right now? Oh my god, he's just sitting at home watching Netflix and eating donuts, isn't he? Like everyone else. My image of him then was full on, it was almost Homer Simpson-esque. I've got an image of him uh, in his garden, mm-hmm. watching a TV that's on a stand, but with his feet in a paddling pool, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> in a lawn chair. <laughs> with one of those hats on. Um, yeah, the foam yeah. dome. Like a foam dome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just just his like four kids running around him just causing chaos, but he's just oblivious to it. <laughs> he's gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> um 
the champ the UEFA's prop UEFA have a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose it's I say that UEFA have a bigger problem, but all of the teams, all of the clubs, so kind of have a slight problem in that. You can can you really start your if you're Spain, Italy, England, Germany, can you start your season if you're a restart or whatever whatever they decide to do? There kind of has to be some sort of unilateral action here, right? Because they can't have the calendars going out of sync. So they can't there can't be a situation where Spain say, right, we're gonna avoid the season. Maybe we can start playing behind closed doors. Let's say this November, because last November upset me too much. I? <laughs> Sorry for being realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, start playing behind closed doors in November, and we're going to start the new season from scratch. Mm-hmm. You can't do that and then have the Premier League go, we're going to finish next season, but we're, we, we're, be- we're behind Spain. We're going to start in December, and we're going to finish the season, and then we'll see what happens in January. Yeah, there needs to be one rule for all. Yeah. And the, the trouble with their idea to finish the Europa League and Champions League, they didn't finish that round. Okay, yeah, I'm for that. They, they didn't finish the last round, so do Liverpool get put back into the competition because they didn't finish that round, or Absolutely are they still not. out and there's, a, there's not an even number of teams or whatever? No, I've been, I've been happy to to offer nice things for Liverpool for a bit but that is a step too far I'm not going that far I mean that game's already caused enough problems for both <laughs> England and Spain is that game that game being rooted as the problem is it the sort of... <laughs> it didn't help did it definitely didn't help things no <laughs> oh. um yeah so what they didn't finish that round of competition so what happens there do they just say it's whoever's still left in it and Liverpool are definitely out. I imagine that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lots of teams are still possibly in it, except the only team I'm real ruling out are Liverpool. <laughs> they lost they lost enough. It was embarrassing and hilarious and we all loved it. Liverpool are so definitely not in it. And it's not even because they lost, it's because they lost with bad spirit. Yes, they did. Because Klopp was a sore loser. We've got to teach him a lesson. <laughs> and Andrew Robertson's a dick. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. Things I was forgetting about football. Andrew Robertson's a dick. I can't believe you ever forgot. <laughs> it, I don't think I'd forgotten. I just think it had gone back to the back sort of recesses of my mind. Too much Disney Plus. Too much Disney Plus. <laughs> but with that sort of, with UEFA's problem there, and they're sort of restarting is that could there be a situation where some we're waiting for some countries and at what point does at what point is a country insignificant enough that you're like well it doesn't matter we're not going to wait for them (laughs) yeah I mean it's going to take Italy quite a while to get back on its feet Yeah. I can't and, imagine things, things are too sunny in Spain. Well, literally sunny, but... Yeah, uh, it's a nice day here today, actually. <laughs> I can't imagine things are figuratively too, too sunny in Spain right now. They are not. Um, 
I can't. I, there's no. I mean, the only the only country that might theoretically be able to start their season on time is Germany. In terms of the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were playing games behind closed doors for a while before everything got suspended, weren't they? Um, I think. Well, I remember. I remember being very concerned that the game I was going to go to wasn't there, might not get played, and my brother didn't have any travel insurance at the time. That did stress me out a little bit. Oh, when you went to Dortmund. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like on that weekend though they played some games behind closed doors as well. I'm sure I remember seeing German games behind closed doors. I could be making that up. I mean, it's been a while. I could just be imagining football. So, uh, I think you might be imagining football. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, hold on. No, no, no. Maybe. So it looks like I went to Dortmund on the 29th. That that clearly wasn't behind closed doors. They played a, they played fixtures on the weekend of the 7th. I have no idea if that was behind closed doors. Dortmund then played their Champions League game on the 11th, which was behind closed doors. Yeah. And then their game on the 14th was postponed. See, I think that other weekend was behind closed doors. The one at the beginning of March? Mm. Possibly. Oh, but hold up. No. It was at it was at Gladbach. Is Gladbach the one? No, that's Hoffenheim. I'm getting confused. Where the Dortmund fans are banned. Um, I could be just imagining football. It's okay. <laughs> I've been ill. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the hallucinations you were having? Just football games yeah, that never happened. I was just thinking about German football. Um. Either way, you're right. So Germany's in the so right. Germany is in the best position, right? They're clearly of the major sort of European countries and the football playing nations. They are handling this the best, it seems, yeah. or at least have a lid on it. Um, but like we said, there has to be some sort of synchronicity. They can't have a situation where where Dortmund are. Where, sorry, Germany are putting forward Champions League teams, but the champ like UEFA has to lead at this point and say season start at this point or that point. Trouble is, they're not great at that, are they? No, and the the unspoken thing here is, and the reason it's difficult to one of the reasons that you prioritize again, you'd say against prioritizing next season over the season that we're in the middle of is that's all well and good right if you live in this fantasy land and say right we can start <laughs> we can start next season in september like normal even if you're in germany what happens if when the autumn and the cold weather comes and the what happens if the virus comes back and this is the problem is that nobody knows we have to go through this all again yeah and i mean it seems like that's probably going to happen because there's not going to be a vaccine for it for what 12 to 18 months 
apart from yourself, you can you can go to all the games. You're you're. Uh, well, not, I suppose they're not certain yet, but you, there's a good. No, because ch- I think people tested positive twice for it. Okay, the 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 uh, the chief medical officer in this country, when he was asked about that in uh, our daily briefing, said that they think that there's no evidence to suggest that people don't develop an immunity to it. They think it's more likely that those were uh, testing anomalies than... Uh, oh, okay. But again, they don't, they're not certain, so I suppose don't go around. Wasn't he also pro-herd immunity? It's difficult to say who the pro-herd immunity people were. <laughs> he still let it happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> uh, we don't always have the sharpest minds operating the uh, <laughs> steering wheel in this country. Uh, I mean, I would quite like it if I was the only one in Cam Nou to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'd be into that. I really would. <laughs> it's just you singing your hymn on your own. <laughs> Just me shouting abuse at Rakitic. <laughs> <laughs> the president trying to pay you to shout abuse at other players. <laughs> I mean, I'd take that money. Could be could be a moneymaker for you. I mean, there's not too many of the players I'd actually keep, so you know, I, I <laughs> I'd take that money. Which moves on, which moves on to the, another problem, which is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk that there isn't really going to be a transfer market, a transfer window this season because... No one can afford it. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some fire sales. But how do you fire sale? If you're you're Atletico Madrid (laughs) and you want to... So who are your your saleable assets or what... Uh, uh, well, they were saying that they might have to sell Saul Ninguez. Okay. Or I suppose um, your 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 big money making assets are probably Saul or Black, mm-hmm. Felix, uh, who you've only just signed. Yeah, I can imagine that. You know, Barcelona are going to be trying to sell Felipe Coutinho for like ten euros. <laughs> just take him everything must go apart from Messi yeah. why are you, you having come around as like you haven't come to your cleaning or something or... <laughs> could he 10 euros <laughs> true I mean he don't even mess that up is it possible to mop someone's floor where you have to cut him from the right and... cut, cut him from the left shoot, put, put <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean People are going to, clubs are going to need to sell, but it's not a buying, there's not going to be a buying market. Yeah. I like that, you might not have seen it, so whenever there's sort of, one of the things I did take away from the, the all of the English speaking articles about sort of the genuine crisis happening in Barcelona this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actual crisis. Yeah. Was they always like to tag, tag on, and this is blatantly for the clicks, that Messi thinking about future, thinking about leaving. Yeah, he's out of contract in summer 2021. So next year. Yeah, but he's ju- he's just going to turn into 
he's turning into like Tom Brady now, isn't he? Where he's just he doesn't sign long contracts. He's not going to join Tampa Bay, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but he's just going to never sign long contracts, so you can always there's always going to be this messy out of contract. Is he going to leave? Yeah, I reckon they'll just put him on one of those rolling contracts, like they did with Xavi and Iniesta when it was towards the end of their time. He's never going to leave. He's I mean, just, if he I leaves, I can only ever see him going to Spain. I can only ever see him going back to Argentina and playing a season for for Newell, right? Yeah, that's like because I don't think he. I don't think he cares enough about God. That's, that's probably not the right word. <laughs> uh, he's not in love with football as much as he would want to go, like to America or you know, yeah, his career or I don't China think, or. I don't you know, think he's got any. Uh, he doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's got any sort of sense of mission to try and sell football to the Americans or sell. Be the person that breaks China. He's and, not Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And, I, and at the same time, I don't think he's a sort of Guardiola-esque football nerd who wants to go and experience what playing football is like in in Italy or what life's li- what it's like living in Italy or no. England or Germany or. Because I think as soon as he's done with football, he's done with football. I don't think I don't see him being a manager or a coach. Do you? I mean, I don't, but. I, there's abs- there's also a huge part of me that fully sees a sort of World Cup 40 sort of is that if that's even a World Cup year where he's Argentina manager in a full-on sort of Diego Maradona way. <laughs> <laughs> leads them to glorious failure. Sleeping, sleeping through most of training, turning up, smoking cigars, sitting on a throne. <laughs> Not being not being able to not being able to understand why the players can't do all the things that he used to be able to do. <laughs> I think he has that trouble with Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to leave, is he? He's not going to leave. But there's See, just it, it's just, just because he, I said that football might not come back until next November, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Equals. <laughs> that wasn't fair. <laughs> Just because it's the English media, they like, especially because now we've got Pep, mm-hmm. they can immediately be like, but he's thinking of leaving. Where would he go? Back to back to work with Guardiola. Yeah, I don't think and he cares can, that much. Then they can Photoshop him into a Man City kit and be like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's pretty grim. That's our, <laughs> that's our media for you, though. How have they been um, reacting to Newcastle being taken over by the morally corrupt Saudi Arabians? Oh, just uh, just fine. It's not a problem. I, I really liked a um, someone laying into... So Henry Winter was tweeting the other day about how how these Newcastle fans are happy. Like, Ashley was a stain, like, stain on the club. They're just... Everyone's just, Ashley's gone, Ashley's gone, Ashley's gone. And someone... Aren't you supposed to be a journalist? Didn't Saudi Arabia kill one of your colleagues? <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you should listen to him. <laughs> you can be happy, but don't be too happy. <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know. That's one for Chris and his moralistic high horse on that one. <laughs> 
I mean, anything's better than Ashley, though, right? Even Saudi Arabia, the spotty See, human rights record. I would say that uh, personally, zero hour contracts versus killing journalists. <laughs> I'd take the zero hour contract personally. <laughs> you don't know how many journalists he's had killed. <laughs> That's true. I don't understand <laughs> the club either, clearly. I understand the Geordie nation. Can that even go through if there's no football? Um, we have terrible sort of admin around this at the best of times. So why do you think that a lack of football is going to slow this down? Yeah, should, should only make it faster, if anything, shouldn't it? Yeah, think of all the dubious gold panels that aren't sitting right now. You actually have a lot of administrative time. <laughs> do you think anybody's actually doing any paperwork or anything right now? <laughs> I don't know. I've got a friend. Um, my oh, one of my best friends is supposed to start a job at the FA on the first of May. Um, <laughs> I mean, is he? <laughs> well, I hope for his case he is because he finishes his own job on the thirtieth of April. <laughs> the FA told him he was, um, so he's still expected to be there. So they they clearly did something. Yeah, they're just sitting around talking like we are right now. Saying, well, could we just promote everybody? <laughs> These are actual conversations that people are having in positions of power. Oh, yeah, it's just exactly what we're doing. Pub conversations. Just what we're doing, more people around and a whiteboard and just someone just every once in a while goes quiet and then sort of tapping the whiteboard and go, come on, people, there's no such thing as bad ideas. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the thing in The Simpsons where they wanted something love day. Oh, yeah. Something not as lame. <laughs> Something like Love Day, but not as rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Love Day. <laughs> I was thinking more like a in the American in the American office. It was like you can't put that. But it's going on the board. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the board. <laughs> but that's a stupid idea. If you say it, it goes on the board. <laughs> that is happening right now. That's scary. <laughs> Um, and this is where you get the problem, right? That sort of, where's there has to be leadership from somewhere, but all of the associations, the leadership, all serve the members because they're all they're all in the pocket of the members because they're the ones who vote for them. So if you're Infantino and you want to be FIFA president, you need to keep all of the nation suite to make them vote for you. So you're not going to take some sort of bold leadership. Uh-huh. Yeah. The same for whoever's. I don't even know who the FIFA president is anymore. I just know it isn't Platini. <laughs> Some guy. For obvious reasons. <laughs> even at like a, a national level in Spain, the head of La Liga and the head of the Spanish Football Association are always against each other. Oh, you've got the same thing that we've got about the Premier League and the FA being separate. Yeah. But- What's better about it in Spain is they have far more public arguments about it. <laughs> yeah, they don't have an argument unless it's public. Everybody has to know about it. Yeah. So does this happen a lot in England as well? Uh, what, as in sort of the... The, uh, the the Premier League will want one thing, but the FA will want another. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem... And it probably is a generally is a problem we have is that the sort of is far more opaque and sort of 
the, it's not as transparent because they're not willing to go on the a talk radio show at 10 o'clock at night and argue about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you won't hear it from their voice. It's all sort of underground briefing to journalists and leaked stories and sort of. So we have far less clarity on sort of what's going on. And so you never really know who's to, who's to blame when things go wrong. It's always like, oh, we can blame it on anyone because, oh, the FA weren't playing ball. The Premier League weren't playing ball, for example. But we do, they, they definitely do not have aligned goals. So how does it work with the championship and lower? Do they all have their own respective head? Uh, no, there's just a, a head of the Football League. Right, okay. So the Football League in its in itself has, is a whole, and then the Premier League and the FA. So there's the three of them, I suppose. Whoever is the head of the Football League never gets listened to, does he? Oh, he's got no power, no. And I, <laughs> I, I don't even know who it is, obviously. But I just know I do know that he used to be some guy who was completely useless, and I think had bankrupt about three clubs. Um, <laughs> he sounds like the right man for the job. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about a fit and pe- proper person's test, right? <laughs> is that even a thing? Is it just are you a person? Are you alive? Do you have enough money in your bank account to make this happen, even just for six months? Yeah. Do you have a criminal record? No. Oh, you do. Could you put someone else to be the face of this who doesn't have a criminal record? (laughs) Excellent. Give me their details instead. It's done. (laughs) It's not all the criminal enterprise. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, (laughs) and that's where where another football's big problems is, is that in this country, because the of the huge sort of global success that the Premier League is seen as mm-hmm. football clubs are seen as these institutions that are just swimming in money but in terms of one something that absolutely blew my mind is that the turnover of Manchester United is about the same of a medium-sized Tesco's <laughs> as in one not Tesco just, just like just one just one store yeah, so you think of, you think of <laughs> what you think of football clubs as being massive, but they turn over like six hundred million. But Tesco's is just huge. That's insane. But but while these football clubs have all this money coming in, um, in the Premier League, I think the average the average uh, amount, the average percentage of revenue that goes out in wages is 76%. Wow. Which is better than it is in the championship, where it's 107%. <laughs> yeah, which just... I mean, it's a percent, percent. all right. <laughs> it's not one that makes sense, but it is one. <laughs> so they spend more money than they earn just in wages. That's a fact. And um, so... People don't see these, uh, but these football clubs are just sort of cash flow businesses. They, a lot of money comes in, but a lot of money goes out. And yeah, I and, think people underestimate how much money and how much they need match day takings for. Yes, well, I, th- I think the sort of I think Manchester United is much again. 
Manchester United were the biggest example, but their match day takings are somewhere in the region of three million pounds a game. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to have what nineteen, uh, if you say twenty-five games, probably in the in the all the whole likelihood of cups and everything like that, then sort of you're talking about still sort of like 75 million pounds yeah even when you're making 600 million 700 million 25 75 million pounds is still a significant amount of money to take off that it's going to be noticeable yeah you're going to miss it you're going to miss it um but the other sort sort of big impact is that all of these clubs like probably and this is i imagine one of Atleti's big problems is how much they spent an awful lot of money last summer if I'm right they did yeah even more than they because they had the Griezmann money but they spent even more than that they did going out so but that money hasn't all they haven't paid all of that yet they still are going to owe uh we we still owe as I think for Griezmann as well we haven't paid all of that transfer fee really Mm-hmm. But I thought you. I don't think he paid it all. Was, did you not trigger his buyout clause in the end? Uh, we did. Because I thought the whole thing, I thought no, the whole thing with the buyout clause was you had to pay it all in cash. Mm-hmm. No, you can do it in instalments. Uh, of course you can. <laughs> and there's, you know, the bonuses that they're probably due if you played so many games or whatever yeah so the the knock-on effect is that all of these clubs need money to come in to go out to yeah money's just just moving around in football it's not this so when you see sky news say the premier league have spent over a billion pounds in transfers uh, no they haven't they've They've sold, they've sold loads of players to each other and you're adding them all up again and again and again. <laughs> That's not how... They're not making all of... The, spending all of this money. It's just sort of moving between the end, the different entities. But that's happening all the time. And that web spreads out, especially from the Premier League. So there's going to be clubs in Spain and Italy and Germany, all around Europe, who are sitting there contingent on... A, Premier League clubs paying the money that they're owed for players that they don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barcelona have the highest wage bill in professional sport. I'm saying all sport, right? <laughs> yeah. Imagine how we're doing with that right now, considering we don't have any money. Still, 70% pay cut, though. That's the biggest one I've seen, Emma. <laughs> it's because we love our non-playing staff apparently <laughs> yeah it, it the after effects of this is going to be felt for a long time oh, it's not going you're saying that the economy is not just going to come back I, I had Donald Trump say that it was going to come back stronger <laughs> yeah I don't think it will I don't think it works like no. that but you know i'm not i i don't know the stock exchange as well as he does (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah i don't think it works like that 
Well, this has been depressing, really, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really has. Thanks. You've told, you've told me football's not coming back till next November. We've realised when it does come back, it still might not be without fans and it'll be rubbish. <laughs> all of the clubs are broken are going to go out of business. They're all going to start legal action against each other. <laughs> are we just going to have to hold on to the hope that Liverpool might not win the league? <laughs> <laughs> and if they do, it'll be and it'll be funny. The worst thing that could happen is we finish the season and they legitimately win the title. Well, you can, do you know what? Now you've said that, let's let's just freeze it now. <laughs> let's have that asterisk against their title win. <laughs> and take away the open bus top race. Yep. You no celebrations. You definitely can't have one of those. No. Can't social distance that. <laughs> but you just know there'll be some crappy social media video where they'll all be, they'll be Ooh. like passing it to each other but from cam out of camera shot you you can see it already right oh i feel physically sick <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to the poor social media team we need more money <laughs> well this is this is so very cheery yeah that's a new lie Even for this podcast. <laughs> Is there any sport that can come back sooner? That guy from UFC was saying that he's going to buy a private island. What guy from UFC? I've not heard of this. Uh, Dana White. Oh, the guy who owns it? Yeah, he said he was going to buy a private island and fly fighters there. Well, he's, he can buy Richard Branson's one because that guy's running out of money like it's going to <laughs> And have some sort of weird, um, like, fighting UFC island when no one has coronavirus and everybody can fight. It sounds like a weird mix between, um, like, that TV show Survivor <laughs> um, and the Simpsons episode where Otto crashes the bus. <laughs> Do you think someone's working on a coconut Nintendo? <laughs> I've just got I've just got images images of like montages of them like training on the beach. <laughs> Building an octagon out of like stuff that's washed up plastic from the beach. <laughs> that would be brilliant. I hadn't even contemplated the idea that the octagon could be made out of like recycled material, like dripping. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent idea. Yeah, it'd be like lost. It'd be incredible. I, I can't believe I missed the idea that this guy was going to buy a private island. Yeah. He's also on the, he was also on the committee that Donald Trump had for uh, ideas for how to open America again after lockdown. <laughs> was this suggestion just everyone buys a private island? <laughs> I think it might have been, yeah. <laughs> private islands for everyone. And I think the state of Florida said that the WWE were uh, essential workers. Well, I saw a thing about this. Ross was talking about this, wasn't he? That mm. there's a lot of rumours that they bribed the governor. Yeah. So, you know, we could have UFC and wrestling. But what I don't, what I find so hard to understand about why it's difficult to put on UFC is that, um, wrestling, sorry, is that 
they were doing that behind closed doors as well. Why? How hard is it? Yeah, they had the whole Royal Rumble thing, didn't they, behind closed doors? That definitely wasn't. It was definitely something other than Royal Rumble, and Ross is really annoyed. (laughs) Sorry, Ross. (laughs) But there was definitely some... SummerSlam. Some sort of... (laughs) SummerSlam in April? Sure. There's something... (laughs) Spring Slam. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We clearly (laughs) into it. I'm sorry, Ross. I love you. Sorry. He's already not going to wear this podcast because we've made too many Simpsons references. <laughs> that alone is going to be considered. He's going to, he's going to think I'm trying to sneak in the Simpsons podcast. He won't let us make. <laughs> One day we'll get our way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that to Scott on his birthday, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Imagine how gutted he'd be if he started listening and he was like, they did it without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your top 10 Simpsons, Adam? <laughs> Don't. I would never be that mean. Well, I'll start making. I'll start just making up rumors about other Barcelona players leaving. Yeah, you'd be doing well to find one that I actually care about. It sounded. It sounded like you're pretty into the idea of Ter Stegen staying away. So what if he went? <laughs> no, I'm already worried he's going to leave because he was complaining not so long ago that we were very unprofessional. <laughs> I mean, he is German. Come on, give him. <laughs> He's also not wrong. So. <laughs> both, both used to highly professional environments and correcting everything he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd actually. <laughs> now we joke about that. I think I generally read something about the idea that he might go and replace Manuel Neuer. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I really want to say something bad about Everton now, but... Um, I can probably do that all by myself. Uh, Andrew... (laughs) Well, okay, think about the worst thing that could happen, and then that. (laughs) What's Theo Walker up to right now? (laughs) You know it isn't good. He's getting back too, isn't he? He's what, sorry? Getting fat. Uh, Let me think, which Everton player do I think is most likely to get fat? I think it might be Jordan Pickford and we might have ourselves like a full-on Neville Southall situation going on. Big fat goalie. Yeah. But that might improve things for him. You think? He's just just physically taking up more space? Yeah, because he's got T-Rex arms, hasn't he? So... (laughs) Leave his little arms alone. <laughs> I miss his little arms. I expect this kind of this kind of attack from Ali, but <laughs> anyway, I'm on your side. I like Heaven. Good, but we're still finding bad things to say about them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. You say bad things about your own club. What kind of chaos do you think Yerry Mean is getting himself up to right now? Oh, he's just dancing somewhere. <laughs> do you think he's he's trying, dancing in his do room. Do you think he's trying to recreate Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's like <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, he's torn his hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to come back and give him a Yerry Mean out with torn calf. How did that happen? <laughs> Let's go to the video. <laughs> Oh, I love Yuri. He's <laughs> like, how did that happen, Yuri? He was like, I got the marble put in especially. 
just on this section of floor, just like like a like a square inch of marble or something. Yeah, had had a man come in, had to leave his had to leave his home home for two weeks so that the marble man could go in. <laughs> he was in the guest room. <laughs> All right, so that's excellent. So we've got Yerimina tearing his calf. Ter Stegen and Messi joining other clubs. But that doesn't matter because there's no football anymore until ne till November 2021. <laughs> uh, we don't, there's not going to be a Heroes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be nothing. Clubs we live in a world without sport now. Clubs everywhere are going to go to the wall. Mm -hmm. How are, So we can bring us back to some sort of full-on Spain rival because the... Real Madrid players aren't taking huge pay cuts, are they? They're taking small ones. They are taking a smaller pay cut, yeah. How does that work? Uh, because they are selfish. <laughs> <laughs> and just bad people at their core, right, I get it. Yeah, that is all. <laughs> well, they must have similar sort of financial... They there, was a, there was a thing which was Tony Cruz saying that he didn't know why players should take a breakup. We didn't think it was necessary. Was it, wasn't he slightly misquoted now? He was, yeah. Because what he was saying was basically he was basically making that same argument of why am I taking a pay cut so my club can stay rich? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 what he that's what he meant. But... What he was saying was I'll happily give up my money if it going if, but where's it going? Yeah, he's like he doesn't want it to be going to Florentino Perez. Essentially. Yeah, I, I imagine it will. I imagine that, that considering how well he's running his scams, that it will probably somehow end up in the pocket of the Barcelona president, right? <laughs> <laughs> multiple, wire, mean, multiple wire transfers somehow end up in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> that guy from The Simpsons is there with the fans saying, oh, it was too hot. <laughs> I certainly shouldn't have said it was illegal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they've taken, uh, I think they took a 30% pay cut. Okay. But imagine how fat Eden Hazard is right now. <laughs> he was already overweight to begin with. He said he was having a tough time with it. Like he staying was. away from biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, he literally said that. Um, is, is Spain known for its biscuits? Um, well, Spain isn't necessarily, but are there Belgian biscuits? I see, right. He, you, you put. I spent a long time in London. Well, you, that's what I mean. But what my point was sort of like, why is why have biscuits all of a sudden become a problem when he moved to Spain? He was living. He just shipped in lots of like digestives. So. He was living in the land of custard creams and all custard of a creams, yeah. All of a sudden, he's gone to Spain, and something has, has become a problem. How good, you, how good you reckon Gareth Bale's golf game is right now? <laughs> he's surely got a little like pitch and putt thing in his back garden, right? You sure? It's more of, do you not know about this? No. I, Does I, he live on a golf course? No, but I believe he's got like, like um, I'm not sure how many he's holes. He's got a full eighteen holes. He hasn't got eighteen holes. But it, it may be like four or five holes in his back garden that are God. made 
and they are like copies of some of the most famous uh, <laughs> holes in whatever. In like, so he's like playing his own masters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he's got like the. Oh, he's, he's the world's Augusta. best golfer now, then. Uh, do you reckon he's even aware that there's a coronavirus going on? <laughs> <laughs> or do you reckon he just gets up every morning, heads out to his garden? Well, you know, considering he wasn't exactly, you know, playing much, probably not. And he doesn't speak Spanish, does he? <laughs> exactly. So he, can't, he can't watch the news. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's just... He's probably, he might, you know what, actually, he might have realised that there's no golf. Oh, hold on, this is, this story is saying that this, he, that's true, if he's into his professional golf. He's got a three-hole golf course in his back garden. This, this might be in his house in Wales. Oh, well, if he's self-isolating there, then he's fine, isn't he? Yeah. And you know he is. Yeah, of course, that's where the golf is. Yeah, he's probably doing a full on, he probably does a full on sort of like Michael Owen esque situation where he was getting a helicopter to training every day. <laughs> that's why he only trains like every third day in Madrid because he's got to get the helicopter. If you're on 600 grand a week, you'd take a private jet to work and stay in your house with the golf course, wouldn't you? Of course, I would. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd live in Bali or somewhere. <laughs> and I'd be getting a private jet everywhere, of course. See, the, he's not even noticed that... He, he looks at his bank account every week. He hasn't even noticed the 30% pay cut because <laughs> 30% <laughs> 600 grand is still a lot of money. Do you think Ronaldo even notices that? Actually, have Juventus players taken a pay cut? I don't know. I don't know about Italy. Uh... Let's have a look. We can look into these things. Juve pay cut. Oh, take four month pay cut. Oh. I did see a thing about uh, Ronaldo apparently leading the. Portugal team have all waived their um, their bonus for getting for qualifying for Euro twenty twenty whenever um, and giving it to charity. But this is saying that's that the, nice whole, of them. the whole Juve team have taken a four month pay cut. I really like the idea of it being called Euro twenty twenty whatever. <laughs> 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 they should just write it down as Euro 22 question <laughs> mark. We're not committing to any date right now. It will happen when it happens. Yeah. You just have it at the same time as the World Cup and do it in the same place. Oh no, that's Qatar. No, don't do that. I mean, is that more or less sensible than... <laughs> I was always quite on board the idea of um, having having it in different countries because travel and sort of everything nowadays means it's not really that big a deal mm-hmm. like if you're having games in Copenhagen and wherever it was that's just as easy as having one in Newcastle and London like in terms of travel but when there's a global pandemic going on it's less of a good idea it was a great idea wasn't it 
I was I was all for it until the global pandemic. <laughs> that has ruined it somewhat. At that point, yeah. I want to know what's because I remember there was a thing about Lukaku going like getting like cabin fever because obviously some of these guys are in. Some of these guys were living in uh, the uh, what, uh, the at that point the European epicenter and sort of like being in very dangerous positions. Oh yeah, he signed. Oh god, yeah, he would have been in Milan, wouldn't he? And it was the worst in the north of Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't think Ronaldo even went back to Italy, did he? I think he was in his home in Portugal. On his private island. <laughs> yeah, setting up ultimate fighting with his sculpture. <laughs> God. Romero Lukaku and Arazzo Martinez still combining to great effect despite coronavirus. And his strikers shout and wave at each other from their balconies. Oh, that's quite sweet. I'm de- definitely clicking on this to find out more. I've just clicked on a Daily Mail article. Oh, disregard. <sighs> well, it's too late now. They've got the click, I might as well read the words. <laughs> wow, that journalist is feeling real good right now. <laughs> yeah, apparently they live close to each other and can shout across their balconies. Uh, they clearly don't live close enough to play tennis like those people who are playing it <laughs> from their windows, though. So. Oh, God, in a new low. I've got to find a way to send this to you, Emma. But advert that I'm looking at right now is uh, from a, a company called New Chic, and it is a hat that has a sort of face mask visor. It's like PPE, and what they're claiming is fashion, but when you see it, you will have different thoughts. Is it not super chic? I'll let you be the judge of that. Okay. Did you send it to me? Oh, hold on, I've, ju- I've got to get, because I, I need to actually get the picture, because I'm worried if I send you the link, mm-hmm. it will disappear. Where's it gone? Oh, come on. You're going to have to take a photo of it, aren't you? That's a better solution. There we go. That was a simpler solution than me trying to screenshot it. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Andrew now and she's going to be like, what, why are you so down? I'm going to be like, well, let me hit you with some truth bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Football's never coming back. Life, how you knew it, is over. Yeah, she found me, to, she came in today because I I wasn't working, I only worked half a day today. She came in after she'd finished work from the bedroom and found me watching highlights of rugby from 2017. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? That seems like a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> it quite possibly might be. So I hope you enjoyed that little chat we had and not uh, too depressed by uh, our vision of the future of, of football. Hopefully football will be back quicker than we imagined, better than we imagined, and we'll have some some games to predict and some some actual football on the pitch to talk about. 
until then, we'll be back next Friday with uh, Chris. We'll be back to take the reins and we'll have some some more people on to pod and we will decide what we're going to talk about after our game of rock, paper, scissors. Um, until then, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us uh, at Man on the Post. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, we are at Man on the Post. And if you want to tell Chris how much you missed him, it is at chnm 78 I think. There's not that many CHNMs, he's just being greedy. So find Chris out, tell him how much you miss him, tell him how much you love him. Um, Until then, always remember to have your man on the post.